Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And even as I say that, I do recognize that we are experiencing website issues. That's okay. You found us, and our website will be back sooner rather than later and better than ever. The resounding silence you are hearing from the fellow bandwagoners on the show today. Great bandwagon, mostly an OG bandwagon. Three quarters of the OG bandwagon with us here today, as we do have Mr. Saturday Night, the live studio audience, Mr. PC Tunney. Silently nodding along I with am, his moniker. I am those welcome, things. Welcome to this week's welcome to, welcome to this week's show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate. Got to be work. ever the you got to just you got to be ever the optimist during this holiday season when adversity hits. The chair shot will rise. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, sure. I even you know rise I, up. I told Greg. I said you know even when a forest burns, it usually comes back stronger. It's just we need to come back tomorrow, not in a year and a half. From well, we'll get there. We'll get there. You, we, we also speaking of coming back now, whether or not he's coming back stronger, that's a whole other question. But fresh off of his visit with the mouse, the lawyer himself, David Ungar, has returned. Welcome back to the bandwagon. How was your trip? Oh, my gosh. I'm a little squeaky. How was your trip? You're trying to be mouse like, aren't you? No, I just a uh, little, little, touch, little bit ahead, of honey. Just gonna say, oh, Dave touched me, my heart. Well, okay, guys, no, no, why not? We're not why, why are we starting? Well, we, we're going dark way too early in the what? show. I just, just doing Mickey Mouse. Dave just came back from the most magical place on earth, and, and you're and you're, you're, you're bastardizing the mouse, man. That's no, just, that's I didn't. Crazy. Dave touched. His How heart. was the mouse, Dave? How was the mouse? He, uh, the mouse was very good. It was a, it was another great trip. Uh, the only downer was we lost our nine year. Winning streak on Radiator Springs, but then I started the streak up later on in the afternoon when I sing. Uh, okay, so what is, is that? Just like you race somebody else? Is yeah. that is that what the ride yeah, is? Like, I didn't know if that meant that the ride had a history of like breaking down oh, no, all no, the no, time, no. We, and you guys just dodged we, a bullet. We yeah, it, you'll see eventually when when you when I shame you enough to come out here and, and ride it, you'll see. <laughs> I I want to come. I want to go check out Disneyland. Um, I want to check out. Yeah, Radiator Springs is is ba- it's in Cars Land, and it's of course based on the movie. And and you know you go through like a staging area in the car, and it's you know you go through this great waterfall and all this stuff in the back where you get to see like Mater and and all that. And then you actually do race somebody. There's another car next to you. It's like what what Matterhorn was supposed to be, but they never line up the right way. So you actually and you always race somebody and. There's a prevailing opinion that if you go through like the tire shop, you win versus going through the paint shop. But that doesn't always hold true either. But we, like for the first five years, the ride was open. We never won. And then we finally won. Mm-hmm. And then we hadn't lost. Like no matter if it was just me going with my son, my wife going with her niece, whoever went in our, you know, as our proxy, we'd won every race for like nine years. And sure enough, the street came to an end on uh, Friday morning. And then I did single rider later on. My son ditched me to go to Disneyland because I got him a park hopper. And um, I started a new streak, Pat. So there you go. Well done. For for what it's worth, um, there, 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 
there has been very light talk, but I, I don't want to get your hopes up. Ah, all right. Let's do it, man. I am there. You got to, I did, uh, I, you know, and I, I know you probably saw it as well, but you know, got to stand in front of the remnants of splash mountain. And it is very strange seeing like walking it's, around. It's going to be okay. No, it, it's, it's not that it's like looking at the inner workings of the ride. Like you can see the guts of things. Like, uh, there's a secret path right. that my son said, Hey, check this out. It's like, wow, I've never even been here in a number of times you've been to Disneyland, but it's this great path that overlooked like at the base of where splash mountain would loop around after the big drop. And, uh, it's it's eerie looking at that with no water and just seeing really what's going on with the guts of it and that sort of thing. But yeah, it was it was a really good trip. Got in got in some good rides. Uh, all you know, like we always do. Got to do Rise of the Resistance again, which never gets old. And um, you know, it was it was a it was a typically fun Disney trip. Hashtag twenty twenty seven for me, Dave. That's that's what we'll say. For Hashtag twenty twenty seven. Let's do it. By by then there will be. There perhaps might. another land there might be. in disneyland that's the other thing they're talking about is expanding that park in a significant way that'll be a huge deal if it happens guys we have we have quite a, a little show in front of us doom patrol season four episode 10 the butts are back we're going to talk all about it tunny is just done with doom patrol i love when tunny is done with the show because when Tony is done with the show, there is no masking how done he is with the show. Like, it looks like he smelled something funny, uh, uh, and he just can't fake a smile. Can I just tell you that I, when I got up this morning, I sat down in my recliner after I went to the bathroom and took care of the cats. And this was like 6.15, this is like 6.15 in the morning. And I was going to meet my dad for breakfast at 7.30. I looked at my PS5 controller and I said, let's just fucking get it over with right now. And I turned on my PS5 and went into my Max app and I watched the episode of Troll. So that is true. That is how much I was not looking forward to the episode. And we're going we're to get and we'll get we'll get fully into I think I I think I have an understanding as to why you're not feeling this season. And And the bright side is. You only got two episodes left and, and I may be presenting a solution to have it end for you sooner rather than later, but that's a tease. That's for later. Yes. yes. And we have yet another loaded trailer park, eclectic trailer park this time around. We are going to cover everything from video games to sports docs, to animated films, to remakes. I don't completely understand why we're making, but maybe I'm a little more familiar or, or maybe I should familiar a little more, more okay with it than I first was. And even a sizzle reel or two before we then talk about how David Zaslav may have had a better week this week than, than we give him credit for. And even though it's not his bag, we're going to make Tony listen to Dave and I talk a little bit about Godzilla minus one at the end of the show. However, I think there will be some good contributions from Tony because I think he's going to like some of the points and things that we bring up in terms of what's next. But before that's, that's the show. That's the layout for everybody. Tony's fantasy football team is crumbling in front of him today as he, as Odell Beckham Jr. must be doing a ton and it's just killing him. And he's, he's all like, he's, he's trying to protest too much. I love pulling the curtain back on everybody. He's, he's sad. He's a sad panda. Um, Dave, we're we're gonna talk Doom Patrol. What shirt are so you wearing? So in order to talk, in sorry, sorry, Patrick. Me? Can I just ask what shirt he's wearing? Yeah. It's my. Uh, hold on, I gotta stand up anyway. It's my Green Lantern Darkest Night. Oh, that's pretty sweet. 
Sorry, Patrick. No, no, it's fine. All yeah, I seen yeah, was like I mean, the, all I seen was like the fire and ice top, and I have no I had, had no idea. Okay, yeah, cool, nice shirt. Thank you, Tony. Oh, very cool. Thank you, Tony. I guess, I guess yeah. I mean, we'll give you a little you, that. You look nice today, too, Ben. I look nice every day. I'm a damn handsome man, and I'm okay with it. So, <laughs> Dave, we got to talk about Doom Patrol before we talk about Doom Patrol. Why don't you hit us with a little bit of Doom Patrol music? I know at least part of the reason why this half of the season in particular just ain't working for you as well as maybe it could. This is a damn mopey half of a season. This is about the third episode in a row now where the Doom Patrol has spent a good chunk of it just kind of feeling sorry for itself and like just fatalistic and sad. And I'm sitting here with two episodes to go. One, I already know I'm, I'm already I'm going to admit I'm a little pre-mad because we got two episodes to go and it just feels like there's a ton of shit that's not going to get resolved by the end of the season. And, I, and I'm thinking specifically about Jane, unless it's all going to like unless it's all going to get fixed while they're apparently in the time stream, as we learn at the conclusion of this episode, as Immortus just can't stand it and uh, can't stand the shenanigans of the Doom Patrol anymore, throws them into the time stream. I, I, I'm very, very anxious about how this is going to conclude because it's felt like a lot of we're feeling sorry for ourselves. We're not really doing anything to fix our own problems. And we got two episodes to do that. And, and are we going to get it done? The only thing that's gotten resolved out of the main character group was Cyborg. Cyborg's back. New and improved. He made his peace with his father at least in terms of series finale, making his peace with his father. He's a new and improved looking cyborg. He shows up just in time to the end of the episode to, again, be thrown in the time strip. But Dave, what do you think? Is is it just me or is this half of the season just been really too damn mopey for its own good? Well, I think with cyborg, the important thing is, is yeah, he made up with his father, but he kind of made up with himself as well. And then he yeah, decides that I think that's fair. Then he decides that, you know, give me the tech, give me the upgrades and I'm back. Um, yeah. I, you know, when I wasn't here for last week and, and, you know, I, I know you guys probably assumed that I hated the musical episode with a passion, but it was, it was fun. Oh, see, see, we actually didn't really talk about you because you weren't here. Yeah, so it's not like when I'm gone and everybody's like, Patrick must hate this. Like, yeah. When you're gone, nobody cares. No one cares. If I, what I'm no one feel. cares if I throw my. Phone we didn't even. By the way, we didn't mention Ray Cash not on the show today. It, it's yeah. Nobody it's cares. Inco- inconsequential. Nobody no cares. one cares. No. Nobody um, cares. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like I, I I feel what you guys are saying. Like the first three quarters of this episode was just very heavy, you know, and and it's just you know they're just going through all their you know coming to terms with their own mortality, and you know you've got. 
You've got especially Rita, who you know is is trying to deal with everything in in her own way possible. Larry digging his own grave. I mean, it doesn't get much darker than that. Uh, Mister One Hundred Four talking about turning himself into a, a piece of lead, sinking to the Bay of Bengal. It's like, geez, this like you're saying, fatalistic to the max. And there's not a whole lot that's that's really redeeming about it. It just seems like, man, this is just this is just dreadful. Um, you know, the high water marks, of course, are the butts and the butts are really what redeems this episode, I thought, and Cyborg. Yeah, so we I, yeah, well, oh, go ahead, Tony. No, so we did hit a turning point, though, like from mopiness, you know, Rita and um, Larry get into it and Larry realizes how wrong he was and comes and apologizes. And if let, let's put it this way, if anybody ever has to apologize to me, you should do what Larry did. And when you come to me to apologize Bring a drink for me. It will work I, a lot. Uh, but after that, they all kind of get together. Uh, Cliff and, and and Jane have their problems getting to going nowhere and come back, uh, <laughs> realizing that neither of them can drive, uh, which was which was pretty interesting uh, little little bit there. But now they're back together, and you know they're going to have to win one for the Gipper as we move forward, and and you know save themselves uh, with a. Uh, with the galactic skin tag, if you will. Yeah. The, the galactic skin. I mean, it's so doom patrol, right? Like, this <laughs> yeah, weird, it is. like that's but, the source that's of the, the power. Like, that's what? the only thing that's doom patrol about this. Cause it's, it's so not doom patrol up until, well, the fact that what's her face is, is a mortis is pretty fucking doom patrol. She's great. That's the last, She's the best yeah, I know, part. but that's the last, that's like the last iteration of a mortis you would expect. Yes. Isabel feathers played by charity cervantes uh is is doing a great job and i love you know madame ruse who's the only one who like goes goes to her little one person production to try and like stop it inadvertently like gets isabel on the i should just be a super villain and destroy the world or take over the world and then the universe and go from there it's um it's a it's a delight um i guess it's just and, and we'll go after I make this point. I guess we can we can go to the butts and talk about the butts being back, and, and not just that they're back, but some interesting little twists with with that whole deal. Um, it just so much of this show has been centered around around the Doom Patrol every season coming together as a family and like making peace with each other. This is the fourth time we've had this where we've had to have this like okay, now we like each other and we're a family again. And I did appreciate them sitting around the fire, like reminiscing over like when they were tiny and, and all these other, you know, things that, that had happened throughout the show. It just, it, it just happened so much that it, that it's me. It's, it's felt a little, a little overdone. What did not feel overdone was the return of the butts. Yes. Teddy and Nicholas, Nicholas, who happens to be married to Dr. Was it Margaret Yu or something like that? Yeah, Dr. Margaret Yu, um, because that relationship makes a ton of sense, um, are living their nice, quiet life. While Teddy has gone angry, uh, Nicholas's uh, conjoined twin that was separated, he has gotten angry at the human race, and particularly the Doom Patrol. Uh, he is the one who escaped the refrigerator. So this Teddy's all Cliff's fault. He's gone around creating uh, an army out of the little town in Ohio of werebutts. 
Uh, and in an effort to get Nicholas to join his cause to destroy humanity, he bit Dr. Yu. And now Dr. Yu is also a, a hybrid where but herself. Now, a lot of butt problems on this episode. And what I think is really interesting is juxtaposed against the Doom Patrol being thrown into the time stream are the butts about to break into the theater. They're going to be facing off against Immortus while everybody's gone. One would presume. Yeah, Immortus can just kind of bewitch her way out of that problem by wiggling her nose and they just disappear, right? You would think, unless the numbers are such that it's something... Really crazy. I don't know. They're probably going to team up by the time it's all done. It's going to be Immortus and Immortus's armies of werebuts. <sighs> sure. Cool. <laughs> Dave. It's like, it's like listening to Tony Review Survivor Series 89 or something. It's 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 well, that. I can only fake it so much, you know? What What's the, what's the question now, Pat? What What is going on? <laughs> no, just I, sure. I, so, just, I just gone to the I end. know. Tony, Tony has brought down the entire show. No, I was, looking at the, I was looking at the stick web, in the mud. I was looking at look the at website, it, like, like you guys said, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Matrix Tony. Tony is, is pooing. I don't know what you were trying to play, but I played booing over it, so I didn't hear Because I went to the salon with her, and I got my asshole bleached, too! And I love my new asshole! A lot of assholes. That's, there's there's, there's a, lot, a lot of assholes. There's a lot of butts. Uh, yeah. So, no, I was just talking about how this the, the arrival of the butts happens at the same time that Immortus is chucking the Doom Patrol into the time stream, and so we kind of like while the Doom Patrol is doing whatever, there is going to be a confrontation between Immortus and the Butts, between Teddy and his and his army. And it's just going to be interesting to see how that turns out. It's likely to be Immortus and the Butts versus the Doom Patrol at in the series finale. Well, yeah, and then the odds are not so good for our heroes in that respect. But I will say, yeah. I will say, like in the next episode, I haven't watched it, but it started like auto playing. Uh, you know, before I, I kind of logged out and it sure sounds like it's Niles voice narrating the next episode, which that might be interesting. Then, you know, that may be their only hope if they're in the time stream to do something to bring Niles back. You got to figure he's coming back in the next two episodes, at least for some. Well, this, I mean, my impression is that they're going to get their longevity back. I, I would think so. I mean, I, you know, all, cause all they have I, to at some point, all I've heard from my nephew who's gotten to the end is, is like, he said it ends, it ends well. And you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, nothing, well, nothing. Just, final. just, just for for your sake, I I, I took it upon myself to cheat because I'm not above such things. We are not a spoiler free show, never have been. I can tell you that Timothy Dalton is credited in next week's episode. There you go. So, so I I, I tend to think you're right. I mean, there's going to be a showdown between the butts and Immortus, but yeah, how did how does that work? Because you're like like you're saying, Immortus has got control over space time basically what are the butts going to do against her i mean you know three thousand butts against Immortus. um give me Immortus and the over you know that sort of thing so um i i i don't see how that's going to work out well for the butts but they do add a a new layer and a new dynamic to this whole situation so they're there for a reason you know something about the butts is there for a reason and and i don't know if you know we still haven't seen the zombie butt We've seen all the other butts, but the one that came out of the freezer still out there. No, that's Teddy. Is that Teddy? That's Teddy. That was Teddy. Okay. All right. 
it's just he's not he's not he's not necessarily a zombie. It's like he's different. It's some ah. sort of weird evolution thing. It, it was weird hearing uh, him speaking in in like full sentences and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like wait, right. what's going on here? Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's 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 I'm not as down on it as Tunny, which is usually the case when like you're saying, Pat. When Tunny's out, he's out. There is no coming back. You and I are just kind of out, you know. And 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 I'm not even saying I'm, I'm not really out. I'm not out either. It's just like. Right. It's, it's not batshit crazy yet, but I think like for the first 45 minutes or three quarters of the show this week, it was kind of like you were saying, ah, this is blase. This is, this is too heavy. Stop moping. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're the damn doom patrol. And then things picked up like the last, once the butt showed up, it felt more like doom patrol. To me. Right. And I think that's part maybe, and that, and that might be part of what people are so down on is it's not so much that it's been bad stuff. It's that it's very much not felt like the show that we've really been watching for as long as we've been watching. And do, you, so. do you think it's because this is the final, I, I'm wondering if they knew that this was the final season or if they had to adjust on the fly. And that's why this got I, so slow. I don't remember when, I don't remember when it got canceled. I can't remember when it got announced, but the show has always been kind of on life support since it left HBO. Like the second it became exclusive to max, like that's, that's tough. sell, and, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's just that's a that's a tough thing to get by. This next episode, I feel, is very much going to be the rest of the Doom Patrol characters making their pe- their various levels of peace with themselves, so that they're in a good place to take on Immortus and in the show. I'm just sad that my space case Crazy Jane ship is going to, at best, be hastened if it happens at all. But I do want to say, Jane was thinking about her. Jane was thinking about it. There's something there. She was something there. Yeah, and and, and uh, space case and Dorothy conspicuous by their absence. But yes, very much so. This is very much the core group. It reminds me of Avengers Endgame, right. which made a point that the OG Avengers were were the core, and that that was important. Yeah, and at, at the end of this whole thing, Rita's not in good shape. So that's that's something to keep in mind. She's yep. uh she's semi comatose and probably oh, on death's dying. doorstep. She's yeah, dying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But um, you know, and Tony, here here's what I'm gonna do for you. Next week, we're just gonna finish the show. We're gonna watch the last two episodes because next week will be the seventeenth when we record this Sunday. And we got plans for the December twenty-fifth show, because folks we don't rest on a holiday. The bandwagon, unlike the website, won't <laughs> rest. We will have entertainment for you on the holiday. We will have content for you. We'll save that announcement for later on in the program. Yet another tease. What we are going to do is we I, I are going to have a question for Tony take... before we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are okay, you, ask the question. Are you as out on Doom Patrol as you were on Lock and Key season no, three? Okay. No. Okay. No. I'm just I'm just no, but keeping I could, it real, buddy. But I but I could not watch the last two episodes and totally be okay with it. <laughs> and yet you're gonna watch the last two no, episodes. Oh yes, I am. Because I, am. I don't need answering. two people I'm, who I don't no, I don't need it to be I'm, Dave and I talking about the show because we know it Ray jumping what, on. I'm just unless giving Christ, you uh, unless Cristobal's watching. No, no, no. I, I'm just giving you like a where I, where I'm totally at with it. You know, I'm going to watch it. Of course, I watched Lock and yeah, Key. It's, it's good I? to know. Shit. Yeah, it's good to know where your head is, though. I do appreciate you know. You know we know yeah. where his head is. We know it's it's only kind of in the game. It's not all the way in the game. Well, I it's mean, we got the boys game. coming up, right? Boys Some, is someday, around the corner. Someday, but we'll be uh, we'll be talking Invincible next. Is probably what we're going to do Invincible season oh. two. 
So we got that. We got that on the horizon. I'm glad. Uh, okay. Started it. Yeah. So we are going to wrap up Doom Patrol next week. That's right. We're going to cover both episodes eleven and twelve. That'll take care of that. As we want to have a dedicated, we have something very special planned for December twenty fifth episode, and we want to save that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. What we're going to do now, though, is we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we have yet another loaded trailer park to talk about. So stick around. We're coming back with all of that. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. If you love what we're doing, make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chairshot. Invest in a piece of chairshot swag. Remember, if you are the next person to buy one of the illustrious Bandwagon Nerds t-shirts at $19.99 or a few dollars more, get soft, soft, feel nice on your giblets, we will publicly thank you on these podcasting airwaves. Also, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Well, listen to this, because when the website goes down, we're still on all kinds of other platforms, folks. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. We're everywhere. Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Follow us. Keep us in your stream. Okay. We are heading back into the trailer park. Dave, we have another huge trailer park in front of us. So if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. Play that beautiful banjo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tony insists on trying to lick that thumb and act like he's going to play some beautiful banjo. And that moment passed. He had his chance. And I do believe you messed this. One of, one of the two of them messed it up. I can't remember who it was. Somebody messed it up. You messed it up. Tony messed it up. That's right. You messed it up. Uh, okay. I'm just going to so blame I told Ray. You guys we're gonna, Ray is an easy we, we've got We have got an eclectic list of trailers to cover today. I am starting with one that kids I didn't put on the original rundown, but I told them about shared it in our DM thread. It's a documentary that is currently airing on Amazon prime also has a book of the same name about it out there called bye bye Barry. And it is the story of Barry 
Sanders, the Detroit Lion football great. And for my money, I will argue to the day I die that he is the greatest running back I've ever seen. And, 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 I, and it's a wonder to me that, that, that he did what he did on the team that he played on. It was fascinating. It's, it's a really fascinating tale of a guy who basically for a decade was the best at his game and then walked away from it all with very little in the way of an explanation. And this trailer sets it up very, very well, talking about the career of this guy, how amazing he was. And I mean, he was amazing when he played for Oklahoma State. I watch, I remember watching him every day in Thanksgiving. And then one day he sends a fax, he walks away, and the trailer ends with Barry sitting down in a chair looking like he's going to give an interview. Guys, I'm very interested in this. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to watch it until after the holiday season, just based on all the stuff I like to do for the holidays. But lo- love the Lions, hate the Lions. Who cares? Barry Sanders, if not the greatest running back of all time. Easily one of the three greatest running backs of all time, in my opinion. Tony, I'll start with you on this trailer. What do you think? Yeah, being a lifelong Packer fan, I got to see a lot of Barry Sanders uh, his entire career, basically. And it was a, such a super surprise when he retired. I remember fantasy football drafts, him getting drafted for two to three years after he had retired. Like, oh, uh, he could still come back. He could come back. But he was done. Um, he had had enough. And he was amazing. Barry Sanders, Allen Iverson, Ricky Henderson. Those guys in each of their sports were ridiculous in ways of they could start and stop and go and they were fast and they revolutionized the game and, and they were worth the money you paid to watch them or they were worth the time you took to set aside to watch them on television. Um, I think just running the ball, I think he's the greatest. Um, some of the things he did uh, were just spectacular. You, you Breathtaking. If you go back and watch the highlights now, he makes grown men look silly um, and he did it yeah. over and over and over again and what a sportsman never bragged he never got in people's faces he never taunted he never over celebrated he never did me 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 he was just barry sanders and that's why he's a hall of fame player and a hall of fame personality from what i know absolutely dave no i'm with you he's the greatest running back i've ever seen i've never seen a running back who could do the things that he could do um you know him and like like He's very similar like Earl Campbell. He's another, you know, very different running backs. But when you look at their career trajectory, kind of similar in that their star burned very brightly and then they both stepped away when they were very young. I mean, and obviously Earl, <laughs> very Calvin different. John- huh? Calvin Johnson, yeah. same team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, Barry Sanders. I'm as curious as anybody. Like, Tony, you bring up the fantasy football thing. Yeah, man, we had a league that they would draft Barry Sanders every year for like two or three years. I was like, he's retired. You know, you're you're wasting a roster slot on a guy who you've got no clue whether he's going to come back or not. But um, yeah, my memories of Barry Sanders, like the 91 Redskins, the last Super Bowl champion that Washington had, that team was really good. The And, you know, we had to play Detroit in the first game of the season and then the NFC Championship. Barry Sanders was the only person on that team that we had any level of fear for. And the game before that, the week before that, was the biggest victory of Barry Sanders' career when they, Dallas. Dallas Cow- yeah. when they beat the Dallas Cowboys to go to the championship. And yeah, we all knew that the Redskins or Washington football team was going to take care of they Detroit. Were, they were day. the Redskins. But yeah, but I, that, know, that, I know, that, I know, I know. I'm just saying. But that defense wasn't, you know, that that was a defense that wasn't going to let him him do that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I saw enough Barry Sanders to realize that he's a special talent. And yeah, like you're saying, Pat, at the end, he sits down for that interview. I'm as curious as anybody. To see why did you step away? You know, at the peak of your career, why would you? I mean, Jordan did the same thing. 
he came back, but you know, Barry Sanders never did. Patrick, I would imagine your admiration is much like mine being a fan in the same division for your entire life. Dude, you just, you couldn't help but respect the dude. You could, you could, you couldn't, you couldn't help but, but respect just how fucking good he was. And, and, and I, again, I'm a Bears fan. I watched Walter Payton play, like, I think he's a better running back than Walter Payton. And, and then now they were very different running back, but we used to talk in the 90s after he retired. What could have Barry Sanders been with a Dallas Cowboy offensive line? Like, like, cause so many of what, and so many of the things that was just amazing about Barry Sanders was, as you guys have talked about the number of times, sorry, the number of times he'd be, you just think he was dead to rights. He was dead to rights in the backfield and he would get out of it. He would get out of it. He would juke. He would twist out of it. He had a relatively healthy career. He did have one season where he was out for like half the season. Um, but he was he was amazing, and he's just now. And that and the other thing that you guys kind of talked about, he's just now kind of come back into the public like eye. Like he very quietly walked away and was hard to find. Like he wasn't doing a ton of interviews. Like he was around, people knew he was around, but like he was he was pretty quiet. He wasn't he wasn't in the public eye the way some of these other people were. So. Definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to watching this and probably reading the book by the same name because the, there is a book by the same name that's also out there and available to check out and read. All right, Dave, we talked about this upcoming animated flick a little while, uh, a few a few episodes ago, but we got a full on trailer for it. I know how excited you are for it. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One is coming soon to your digital download and Walmart near you and HBO Max, I'm assuming, sooner rather than later. We've got our first full look at, at a trailer with a little bit more detail. I, again, know very little about this because I am not the DC guy. I'm going to cede the floor over to you and Tunny to tell us what you saw in this trailer and, and where we are in sort of our anticipation. Uh, through the roof anticipation through the roof i i think um you know i i look at the first trailer i don't see it being a complete adaptation of the story but there's enough there that you can kind of get an idea of what's going on and like i said when the first kind of teaser came out i'm thrilled that they're splitting this into three parts that they're giving this story the time and the uh and, and the attention that they need rather than just try and cram it Sorry. Oh, the dogs are yeah, here. He's not. He's not. A, he's they're not excited. A, he, they're excited. excited. They're excited. But, you know, rather yeah. than rather than it be like, a, you know, like typically it's like 70 minutes, 80 minutes that they do for these uh, these DC animation things. So I'm really excited that they're going to give this like three hour, three and a half hours. Um, I predict you will like it a lot more than the Snyder Cut, Pat. That is all I will say about the length of this thing. But, yeah, it, it seems like they're starting off with, you know, the beginning of some of this stuff happening uh, Flash ending up on probably, I guess it's Earth 3, I'm guessing, Tunny, where Ultraman and, and the uh, crime syndicate exists. I think that's Earth 3. So you're already... Right. Huh? Er, that we're basically all the superheroes are villains, right? Right, right. Ultraman, uh, Power Woman, I think is the inverse of... Uh, Johnny Quick is the inverse of the Flash. I know that sort of thing. Power Ring, this is, and that's where Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz get their powers later on down the line. So there's enough in this trailer that you can see the elements that they're integrating into this thing and kind of where they're going with the story and, and just kind of like 
how they're trying to set things up and set things in motion. So, you know, it, crisis, it, that's the anti-monitor, right, Tony, if I remember correctly. Yes. Okay. So yes. he's going to be brought in somewhere. I'm not sure who the main guy is who's talking to them um, at this I think point. That's, is that Martian Manhunter? Doesn't he come and tell them that this is about to happen? I don't know. It might be a different Martian Manhunter, but. It, but I know they brought, and they bring in Harbinger yeah. part way through this as well. Right. You've got. Multi- is it anti-Harbinger part of this as well? I, who knows? You know, I mean, the things, the things is, you know, are, are they going to, are they going to stick to the canon of this thing? You know, is Flash going to die I, at some point? Is Supergirl going to die at some point? Those are the emotional haymakers that you could get with this thing that I'm kind of like waiting to see how that turns out. But to get to your question, before I turn it over to Tony, I'm really excited about this. I think, you know, DC animation, they, like I said it before, they are the Carmelo Hayes of, of animation. They don't miss. And I don't see them missing with any of this. You you hit most of it there. Isn't there like a, a a dark universe version of this as well? Like where Constantine and all those the yeah, I think there's something like that. I wonder if you get any bit of that woven in here because I'm okay with them like melding storylines or pulling from different places. It just seems like they're they're starting where everybody thinks you will, and basically it takes everything it takes almost everything getting wiped out for everybody to realize what they need to do i mean that's kind of the story is the 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 basis of this whole story is everybody understands how connected they really are um the 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 ending is so amazing if they do it right and they did this on the cw's arrowverse and they did it really really well so i'm looking forward to it dave you kind of we kind of went through the characters there but in being in parts i'm looking forward to it even more because i think they're really going to be able to tell whatever story they want to i don't i don't necessarily even want them to stick to canon of, of from the comic book either because we've already heard that story let's see what they can do with it with this uh round of animation because dc animation more than any part of dc has our trust as dc fans Absolutely. so i'm 10 out of 10 anticipation and, they, and they've given themselves Excellent. that extra by having the three hours they can play with a lot of it's, it's an open sandbox from there where they're not limited by the time constraints so well, we'll we'll see where they're going, and we will know sooner rather than later. Uh, by the way, I just did a quick look while you guys were talking about Crisis. Uh, that Bye Bye Barry book is a, is a memoir, so it's written by Barry Sanders. So this is a documentary based on him, written by him. Are you going to watch Crisis? This this anime? it's my plan to watch Crisis. Yeah. Okay. Good. I can't wait to see what you think. Cool. All right. I told you we were going all over the place today. We're going to talk a little video games as this past week. And before we talk about this trailer real quick, which I, I want to be blunt. I give two shits about this trailer and this video game. I'm not going to play it. I don't care, but I recognize how big of a deal it is to several gaming folk out there in the world, including one David Ungar. Um, You're the one who enthusiastically nodded. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how he feels about it. Uh, But so the video game awards, aired this past week and there's a lot of uh a lot of rage coming from video game developers and rightfully so have you guys seen this this report what are they pissed so, about that basically they every single acceptance speech was given a 30 second clock countdown and then was immediately you're rolling your eyes but they got a point dude stop shaking your fucking head and let me what make we, my point and then you, you can then about? you can disagree the video game awards oh so oh. Oh. Developer, so developers and others would win. <laughs> they would get the thirty-second countdown and the wrap it up box, and would be played out in like a minute. And 
people like Jordan Peele were given and Hideo Kojima were given six minutes to talk about a video game that hasn't even been started to be made yet. Um, that there were several, several moments where time was dedicated on this awards program for anything but video games that won over the past four year and the developers who made them. And the point was that it seems disingenuous for the video game awards, which was touting that they were here to recognize developers for their achievement, then did nothing to really recognize developers and achievement. And that included the winners of game of the year where they were getting the play off and wrap it up song while they were acknowledging people who died during the production of the video game. It was just, it was bad taste. Now, all that is to say, as part of this and what happens in entertainment award shows is you do get trailers and information sometimes of things to come. Not so much in, oh, say the Oscars, but, and usually those happen in commercial breaks, but we did get a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, Rockstar Games' next installment. It's been a long time coming for folks. I, it Sure, it looks fun. That game's just not my cup of tea. It's kind of like, you know, the way Tony views Godzilla. Like, it's just not my bag and you guys enjoy it because I'm not going to play it. It's not, it's not even a concept that interests me like, to play. I don't want to be that kind of... I don't want to be that character. I don't want to be that guy. I like it. Okay. Either one of you can can comment. I think the, the bigger thing about the trailer coming out, the big story was that this got leaked a day early. And like I was talking to DJ about it, and it's like... And Rockstar did the smart thing. There was no way to put that genie back in the bottle once it got out. And they just said, let's roll with it and sure. release it a day early as well. Um, so I thought that was that was kind of interesting that the uh, the people out there kind of forced Rockstar's hand. Yeah, I, I have always liked the Grand Theft Auto games. I think the big thing about this is they're going back to Vice City. And, um, I, you know, anybody who played Grand Theft Auto Vice City uh, probably has some fond memories if you enjoy that kind of game. Like you're saying, Pat... It's certainly not a Final Fantasy-esque Baldur's Gate scenario or setup or any... There's no level of depth to the characters like that. There's no real RPG. Not really. Not like what we're talking about with those games. It's just a lot of of missions. I mean, I think the story for all the Grand Theft Auto games has been very underrated uh, by people who don't, don't, don't play it. And I think there's some really cool characters and that sort of thing. So... Yeah, I think the online aspect of it has has gotten um, you know a lot more play over the years, and people can get really lost, <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto Online. I've seen it happen, but yeah, it's it's one of the most, if not the most, popular franchises uh, in video game history. And so, yeah, when you get a a release coming up, and they're announcing this well over a year before it comes out, twenty twenty five. So um, it's way out there, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. The graphics look tremendous. Uh, there's places in that where you're like, you know, I saw my wife the trailer today and it took her about halfway through to realize, oh, this is a video game um, because some of the graphics look that good when you're not really you know, aware of what's going on. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a massive hit. Um, yeah, I, I'll be playing it when it comes out. I'm pretty sure. Tony, what do you think? GTA five was actually looked really lifelike as well. I, I recently one of my things, if I can't fall asleep, is I'll watch YouTube shorts on my phone until I just pass out and there, there was these grandkids who were playing gta 5 and the grandma didn't know it and the whole family was there and they were playing in on it like she was watching the news and she was like oh my god is that person okay but th- i haven't really played since uh three i've only kind of checked out dp playing the last couple 
Um, this kind of gets me into it. I think the one of the most underrated things about it is the different ways you can play it. You can just go out there and fuck around if you want. You can go do missions if you want. You can play online, like you said, Dave. You there's there's so many mini games involved in GTA as well. Um, and then the soundtrack is timeless and epic in addition, which totally fucking adds to the game. So it's 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 one of the greatest video games of all time when you want to encompass all the genres, period. There was a story that had come out this week that they portray a character who I guess they're calling it looks a lot like this Florida Joker character who's down in oh, Florida. God, and yeah. he's you, you read that. So I guess he's like, Rockstar, we need to talk. And Rockstar's probably going to be like, no, nah, we really don't need to, asshole. So it's like, yeah, good luck getting their attention on that. So, um, yeah, I thought using Tom Petty for the trailer, perfect song, matched matched the trailer perfectly. I was like, good one, guy. Yeah. So yeah, everybody out there, have a good fun, have a good time rising through the ranks of the CD Vice City underworld, <laughs> doing all kinds of illegal stuff and living out your basis fantasies as you basically play a video game version of The Purge. All right. Anyway, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. You only kill a lot of people, not everybody. You don't have to kill anybody if you don't want to. What other, what other game can you sleep with hookers to regenerate your strength? Come on. Yes, oh, totally yeah. wholesome video gaming. All right, let's move on to the next trailer. I say this, I'm playing a video game where you can theoretically have sex with a dude who turns into a bear. So I, I guess I, I should I see nothing I should wrong be, with that. Nothing wrong. There's plenty of websites there's anything wrong with that. There's plenty of websites dedicated to finding a bear to have sex with. That's true. That's true. Not that kind of bear, though. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So I will share that upon first blush, when our good friend Raymond S. Cashington Esquire, the 322nd, posted a first look trailer at the upcoming Amazon Prime series, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Much like Dave, who had the same question, I asked the question why and immediately assumed that it was going to be something that was about the money. Because Mr. Mr. Smith, or Mr. and Mrs. Smith, as many of you probably know, is a remake of a film starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And I do believe that's even a remake of a remake or is a remake of, a, of an earlier film as well. Uh, but my memories of Mr. and Mrs. Smith were of the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie film where they play rival spies who are pretending to be married to one another, don't know that the other are spies, and then are assigned to assassinate one another. They start out fighting each other, but of course, you know, hormones and their relationship takes over, they fall in love, yada, yada, yada. So going into that and seeing this trailer with Maya Erskine and Donald Glover and and the great Paul Dano, by the way, also in a significant area in a role, at least at some point I was like, so this is a, this is a series based on that movie and how's that going to work? And why do we even need that? And then I watched the trailer and the trailer from appearances looks to be similar, but not quite the same story and might actually be worth a look because in this one, it clearly does not look like the two of them are at odds it does look like the two of them start out as a, a couple that are there as part of their job and for convenience. And that's sort of the dichotomy between the two. Not that they're trying to kill each other, but that they're working together and, and having to share a space. So I was I was surprised at this trailer. And you look at some of the people that are signed on for episodes 
And it's it's interesting. I don't know that I would say no. Dave? Uh, I still stick with my did we really need a remake of I know it's a series and I know but it's, it's not it's it's not playing like a remake that's my point I know it's not playing like a remake but I guess so, I would have to be interested in the movie and I was very lukewarm about the movie so I don't know if I'm going to well, give fair. this a chance that sort of thing so yeah I, I will agree with you the cast looks phenomenal they've got some tremendous talent who are going to show up for this thing I, I think uh, there are elements of it that look you know that look like a lot of fun. Uh, I just don't know if this is something that, that I'm interested enough in to really give it a chance. You know, if I, if I'd been a big fan of the, of the movie, then I'd want to see, okay, let's see how they're handling this. But I just didn't really care about the movie that. So it's hard to care about a series when, you know, you really, the source material, I granted, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I am probably going to skip this one. That's fair. Tony. The original is a 1941 movie starring Robert Montgomery and Carol Lombard. Um, and it was classified as a comedy thriller, black and white. Um, but it, the the most recent one with Pitt and, and Jolie was very hokey. This seems serious with comedy strategically placed appropriately, um, but more sad about the inevitable decision they're going to have to make at the end. It's interesting that it's in a series as well. Um, I don't, I probably would have been more likely to watch it as a movie as opposed to spending a lot of time with it as a series, but I bet you it's good. Yeah. I just, um, I think I was less interested in it when I thought it was a direct remake of the other, you know what I mean? The other, the other yeah, movie, the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie. You're able to tell a much more intricate story having a series, right? What are we going to have six to eight episodes here? So you're talking, you know, five to seven hours of, te- of, of, broadcast as opposed to hour and a half 145 maybe hour 55 if you're getting crazy yeah. the comedy thriller so i don't know yeah i uh like i said it's not going to be first on my list but i think it might be worth a watch and i could see why i think there might be an audience for it um we'll just we'll just have to wait and see i don't know that i saw a date on when it was releasing so we'll have to we'll have to go from there um the last trailer is less of a trailer it's a sizzle reel um Max released uh, their 2024 sizzle reel, trying to get people hyped up for what's coming in the very near future. And as Ray was kind of going through sharing various tweets that it basically clipped out six seconds from this sizzle reel and trying to put it as a, you know, a trailer for X, Y, and Z show coming on HBO max. I just thought I'd share the entire scissor reel and talk about some of the things that it showed us very, very briefly. We got looks at the upcoming, the next season of true detective. We got, we got a look at Colin, Colin Farrell as the penguin in the penguin series. We got another peek at house of dragon season two. We also got a look at a very, very brief look at the Stephen King. It prequel Stephen King universe series welcome to dairy which actually isn't scheduled to hit until 2025 they also had a couple of looks at uh the last of us curb your enthusiasm had a little snippet in there i know tony loves him some curb your enthusiasm uh for you sex in the city fans out there and just like that had a little look euphoria white lotus basically most of the things that people love um as well as a couple of things that are uh, that are upcoming. 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Welcome to Dairy at some point, but before I get into that, we get a snippet of the penguin. What else, if anything, stood out to you, PC Tony, from this sizzle reel? Yeah, the penguin. Can't wait for that. That looks like it's going to be continue to be amazing as that character started off in the Batman. Uh, curb your enthusiasm, obviously. Larry David is is just fucking brilliant, man. Um, and then JB Smoove is a big part of that series as well. I'm interested to see who uh, is going to be on the 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 season, whether it's some callback celebrities or new celebrities that haven't been on the show because. If you're a fan of Curb, they feature different celebrities every season, and it, and it's been pretty pretty excellent. And then, of course, the continuation of what's just going to go on for a long, long, for decades, I think, telling the story of Game of Thrones uh, in House of Dragon. You're finally going to get the, you're going to start to see the demise of the Targaryens to where we got to in Game of Thrones, where there was basically uh, only two left. So... Uh, and, and very few dragons. So it, it, I think it's going to be a very bloody and sad second season. But HBO just continuing to crank out great content all over the place. And I didn't, I barely touched on three shows. Dave, I know you're stoked. Sto- tell us how excited you are for uh, And Just Like That to come back to your TV screen. Uh, you you're, know, my, you're a Carrie, aren't you? Are you a Carrie? No, my wife is watching. Or Samantha, you're a Samantha. I'm not, uh, I am not a slut. But, you know, I... Uh, Tony's a Samantha. I'm probably more Tony's like, I would probably relate more to Charlotte than anybody else out of all of them. But you're, you're, you're Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. No, I don't even know what her character's name is. No, no. The brunette. The, Miranda? Uh, the hopeless, no, Miranda's the redhead. Cynthia Nixon. Talk That's what's sad. I'm, Never mind. The fact that we know their names is, me, is damning enough for us, you know. So. They call me. They call me Mister Big. Ooh, okay. I, uh, you know, my wife, she loves, she loves that. So she, she's been going back and watching Sex in the City just to kind of get caught up. I, you know, there's elements of it that the sizzle reel looks really good. I want to be excited about all this stuff. It's just Max is such a mess, and Warner Brothers is such a mess, and, and it's like. I want to get excited about these shows, but how long before they get outsourced or sold to somebody else? And then I have to go track them down. So that's my kind of trepidation about, about anything max related, but look, give me the last of us season two. I'm all in. Give me house of dragon season two. We know that's coming. I agree with Tony. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be devastating dragons warring with each other. Not a good thing. Uh, I'm very intrigued about the welcome to dairy as part as like, where does this take place at what point in this in this, in the it story does this take place? I didn't even really realize there was a, a King verse, but apparently that's a thing. Um, yeah, there's Max has got a lot of stuff that they can do. You know, if they just get their act together a little bit more and, and make it something that just isn't seemingly in this constant state of flux, I'd be all in on that stuff. But yeah, I mean, House of Dragon is going to be tremendous, and I, I'm waiting for any news on The Last of Us Season 2 as to when that takes place. Eventually. The yeah. answer is eventually. Someday. Here, here's the thing. I We have ragged on the evil empire and the, the tiny little man that David Zaslav is and his running of Max. We're going to talk about this in a second. We just don't like what he's doing. But I think he's doing what he was brought in to do. He's got... I mean, we're going to talk about him. He's got a lot of toys to play with. He just seems to be right. playing with the wrong ones sometimes. No, he's playing for he's playing with the ones that we don't like. And I think it's fair for us to say that we don't like what he's doing because it's bloodthirsty Bond villain level stuff. But I also think he's doing what he's brought in to do. Like, 
we may not like it, but he's doing what he's brought in to do. And there is a part of understanding that the arms of the entertainment corporate world are not interested in the viewer. If they were, things would be very different. Anyway, all that is said, yes, I'm very interested in the Welcome to Dairy series. It appears to be a prequel. It does not appear to be a sequel to it, but um, which which has has some entertaining and possible merits to it. Derry is one of the two cities that are often referenced in Stephen King universe uh, when he's going through Maine. The other being Castle Rock. Castle Rock is the other one. And there was a very short lived series on Hulu called Castle Rock that was, I would argue, just wasn't Stephen King enough. They kept teasing too much Stephen King stuff in this whole shared universe concept and really not going all in. Uh, but Derry, uh, which is the setting for it, and Pennywise the Dancing Clown has connected connections to his Dark Tower universe, as does many, many, many of his horror novels. And this one is no exception. I I don't know if that show is going to work, but I'm interested to see what they do. And I'll, and I'll give it a look-see to to see how it goes because the thing that was interesting about it was that every 30 some years the creature would surface to feed and so are they you know are they gonna just go through these different times where pennywise won because that sucks and and i don't know how much fun that's gonna be but i guess we'll check it out uh but other than that if they tied into a greater like stephen king-esque universe then you know, count me all the way in. I think it may be very, very interesting to watch. Uh, that was the biggest uh, sort of snippet that caught my attention. The other one, of course, being the Penguin. Uh, I know that this latest Batman film is polarizing to some, uh, to fans out there. There are some folks who love it, others who think it's boring. I am in the camp of I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I loved the the, the concept and the attempt to make it more of a detective-based uh, movie. Others did not like it, did not want it, and uh, and were disappointed to see that we were getting a spinoff movie. I guess that's how I'll say that. Boo-hoo. That's, a, that's yes. DJ's problem. Yes, it is definitely DJ's problem. Uh, but then again, he likes Zack Snyder stuff. So what are we going to do? There's no accounting for taste. Doesn't really like mean anything, though. I do, too. Well, there's no accounting for taste. So does Dave. There's still no accounting for taste. Just because you all like terrible, terrible directors who make horrible, horrible movies doesn't mean that, you know, you can't you can't be behind something that is good. Like, I have hope for you that someday you will shed the yoke of trashy shit Zack Snyder movies and embrace quality film. We'll just have to hope that that day comes sooner rather than later because the man makes shitty movies. Let's talk about why David Zaslav may actually be an evil genius, though, as we leave the trailer park and head to this report that I shared out of a Variety article but was published all over the place. And that is the news that broke this week that Warner Brothers Discovery inked a multi-year U.S. output deal with A24, bringing the entertainment company's slate of films exclusively to HBO, Max, and Cinemax after their theatrical runs. Guys, this is... um, this is coming on the heels of A24's deal with Paramount and Showtime uh, ending. That that contract has expired. They inked that contract in 2019. If you are a subscriber to Showtime streaming service, you can get all the A24 movies that you want. That's going to flip to max. A24 is the hottest. I don't, 
independent doesn't really say it right now, but like kind of art house. A24, in my opinion, is the Miramax of its age. Miramax in the 90s and early 2000s was where you went for sort of some interesting creative freedom, high art, highbrow art, artsy sort of films that were also very entertaining. A24 puts out horror films that require you to think. A24 gave us everything everywhere all at once. They just won you know, the best picture Oscar last year. It's putting out the Carrie Von or the Von Eric family. Uh, Iron Claw is the name of that film. They are, they are a hot, hot commodity. People know about them. We make jokes about Aesop loving them all the time. And as much as I don't like David Zaslav, this is a very, very shrewd move on him and his company to sign this deal and have exclusivity to a 24 films after they leave the theater. What say you, David Ungar. I agree completely. I, I'm shocked that Aesop isn't on here for this uh, this topic because he, that's because I didn't invite him. Ah, okay. Oh, pretty simple. <laughs> you know, I, as as he how he feels about A24. I agree with you. They are the they're the hottest studio out there. They just seem to you know put out hit after hit after hit, and I think it's a it's a great. You know, when you're looking at what Max is doing and you're looking at the library that they're putting together, some of the stuff that they've shedded, some of the stuff that they have sold, you know, the entire DCEU just showed up on Netflix a couple weeks ago. And it's like, wow, um, you replace that with the entire A24 library. That's a net gain for Zasloff. I, I, you know, I don't I don't know how you can maybe not box office wise and returns, at least not for the early DCEU later ones. We're not going to talk about that, but I think when you're looking at, you know, your portfolio, your max portfolio as to what you're presenting to people and, you know, as that streaming service continues to evolve, that's a great feather in your cap right there. Another great arrow in the quiver to put out there and say, hey, we got the entire A24 library right here. Um, Yeah, that that just adds a lot of quality and quite a bit of quantity as well. So that's a win win. Tony, I I agree with you, right? No, yeah, everything you guys said. Plus, it also allows A24 to maybe come up with some side projects that aren't feature films that they can display on Max as well. So maybe we see a little bit of expansion inside A24 because of the, you know, platforming change that they've made. Yeah, who knows? I think this A24 is going to get something good out of it, right? It's definitely more exposure. Like, Like it's the bigger brand. I mean, you could see them coming up with series or maybe... uh, short films, you know, collection, something Maybe, like yeah. that. So it, it just, it just gives them a lot of breathing room. Uh, how long was the contract? Uh, I don't know that it's said. Let me, uh, sure. let me bring the article back up. I had clicked away from it. I would imagine uh, you would probably have to start at at least five years, guessing closer to maybe eight or 10, but yeah, a- Aesop has just been on this train since the beginning and, you know, the different genres they cross as, as well with, with all the content they provide. So great move on both sides, especially if A24 isn't locked in for a super long time, just in case uh, you never know. But like we said, yeah, it, it, says, it, it just says multi-year. Okay. It just says multi-year U.S. output deal. Well, we're at the race to, you know, figure out the big three at, at some point. Everybody's going to eat everybody else up and we're going to be left right. for two or three. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see, but yeah, and it, I do think it'll be I think it'll be big time. Here's the other interesting and shrewd, shrewd. We don't like the move, but now we see why the move was done. As 
we received word this week, this week that the canceled film Coyote versus Acme, Warner Brothers Discovery film, may not yet be dead, as it is currently being shopped around, and it seems like Paramount, Apple, and Amazon, who have all seen the movie, are perhaps interested in making a bid for it to be a part of their theatrical release schedule with Paramount being the one that's made a bid and Amazon considering, although according to this report, has not made a formal bid yet. The rumor is that Warner Brothers is playing hardball and wants to cover the 70 million and then some. So there seems like they're trying to create a bidding war, at least between Warner, uh, between Paramount and Amazon, and maybe even more if they can get it. Obviously, Disney will not be a part of this little uh, little fight. Apple might be able to weigh in, but if this sells and Zaslav ends up turning a profit, selling it to someone else, you got to tip your cap to the dude, whether you hate him or not, don't you, Tony? You got it. Like if he makes the money. You got it. You got to tip your cap. Does that end justify the means here? I'm not saying it does, but I'm saying, you know, well played. Well played. You win. You can, I'm not you sure. can, you, I'd have to, I guess I just have to wait and see. Sure. If it's as good as they think it is and Paramount buys it and they turn a profit off of it, that's, that's a good move. I mean, who gave you, your thoughts? Oh, no, go ahead. Go, go Tony. ahead, Tony. Go ahead. I was going to say, who do you think, like, you're talking about, like, absorption and all that other stuff. Who do you think the big three end up being? Because I see, like, a big three in streaming. I think it's, like, you say Paramount, probably Apple and and Amazon. I think everybody else gets absorbed. I don't think Disney's getting absorbed. I think By everybody's Apple, so sold. Everybody's so sold on this. Apple's not put any real effort out there that is all speculation and rumor that people have run with until I see something concrete. From a reputable source, like a variety, I, I'm not. I'm Honestly, not buying it. If I had to pick a big three, I would say Disney Plus, Netflix, and Prime. That's that's who I think the big like three I will end up being. We would all Amazon Prime is definitely one of the big they're three. They're not no going anywhere. What they're not going anywhere. Right. No. They're well, just gonna it's, it's the only one there. of those three that has a supplemental income too. Right. right? Like Prime is unique right. with its like it's part of Amazon. A majority is part of, of that account. A majority of the people that can watch Amazon Prime of subscription do not have that because they want to watch Amazon Prime. Right. Right. They have it so they can buy shit and get it next day. Free shipping. That's right. You know, oh, I get to watch them. I mean, half the people who have Prime shipping don't even know (laughs) about the network. And here's the thing, too. I went to breakfast with my 70-year-old dad this morning, right? And he started bitching about how the Thursday night game, he's like, oh, I don't get that. And I go... I bet you a million dollars your wife has Amazon Prime and you can watch it because she orders shit nonstop off of Amazon, right? And he, <laughs> he he's like, he puts his hand out to shake a million dollars and he goes, what are you going to do if you lose? I go, well, then you can just put it on my tab. I, think, I think he's going to owe you some money. Um, Probably. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at this movie and, and it's not... I know, and if Ray was here, he would be drawing the comparison to Batgirl or something like that, and and how they how they gutted that whole thing. But you know, you're talking about yeah, seventy million dollar price tag on a finished movie that's actually being reviewed by, looked at by all these other streaming services, and instead of running away, they are clamoring to get their hands on this thing because they see money. And I think yeah, unlike Batgirl, which people were like, yeah, I don't know about this. Um, 
you know, this is the complete opposite of that. So I think if it, if he if he's able to sell this thing, turn a profit and, you know, get a tax write off at the same time, which is possible the way this thing could be structured, uh, then, yeah, you've got to tip your hats to the guy and say, well played, sir. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I hope it I hope it finds a home. It seems it seems inevitable that it will. It's just a question of where it ends up. But it's it's something that I'd want to check out. I mean, so. I think it's a, yeah, you got, like you're saying, Pat, if he pulls this thing off, like it seems like he will, you got to kind of tip your hat to the guy and say, nice move. Yeah. It makes me feel dirty to say it, if I that's know. fair. Like, uh, it, it, dirty to like. You'll just have to shower like, twice like, or something. You'll be all right. Patrick likes so. dirty, though. Yeah. Get all soapy. Um, we'll see what happens. Talk down to him. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. I, I don't want to keep talking about David Zaslav, so we're going to take another commercial break. When we come back from our next commercial break, we're going to talk a little Ryan Reynolds. We're going to talk a little Godzilla. We're going to talk a little What You Watching. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tunney, David Ungar here talking everything nerd here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash ChairShot. Invest in a ChairShot shirt, $19.99. A few dollars more for soft style. Remember, if you buy a Bandwagon Nerds shirt, the next person to buy a bandwagon their shirt will be thanked publicly on this podcast. Okay, gentlemen, Ryan Reynolds really wants people to stop leaking his shit. He's begging you to stop leaking his shit. So it's become a thing. And here's the thing is we're all like, what? Well, this is a very common thing that has happened throughout the annals of Hollywood rumor. Is that anytime a set goes up, set photos are going to leak. What's been particularly interesting about this particular go around is the the just the 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 rapid and rapid number of set photos that have been posted leaking various actors who will be possibly appearing in Deadpool three. And Ryan Reynolds had enough, and so he begged folks to stop. And one of the ways that he then illustrated it was to make jokes about leaks. As Ryan wrote in a, in a Instagram slash X Twitter post, Deadpool began with a leak, so I'm joining in. But please don't overuse the phrase Deadpool leaks because it might screw up search results if anyone is looking for Deadpool leaks or Deadpool spoilers or perhaps Deadpool scoops. And then he hashtagged all three and then proceeded to post photos of the leaked set photos where he has then added in things like the Predator. Deadpool holding a bag of cash while Mickey Mouse claps in the background. That was my favorite, by the way. Uh, somebody holding a whiteboard that says, Wally, lower the cue cards. It's just funny stuff. Steven Urkel, and he's hashtag Deadpool leaks. Um, there's been a couple of sites now who I don't know if they're being tongue-in-cheek or if they really are going to do this and have been like, okay, we'll stop posting leaks. This doesn't make it fun for anybody else. I get I get where Ryan Reynolds is coming from as a as a filmmaker wanting to have a lot of fun surprises for his audience. I also know this is a very big this is very much the nature of Hollywood. 
and very much the nature of the paparazzi and the press and, and rumor and rumor rags and all of that. Like we, these have existed for quite some time. Dave. I think that if Ryan Reynolds really wants to keep this stuff secret, he should hire triple H and everybody on WWE who did all the misinformation on CM Punk and hire them on to just put all this shit out there. So no one knows what's real and what's not. Now that would be brilliant because I like what Ryan's doing. He's trying to, you know, Photoshop in all this other stuff and make it ridiculous that you don't know. Is this real? Is Mickey Mouse really in Deadpool three? It's the predator really in Deadpool three. And, and I think it's, I think it's brilliant, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, yeah, the comparison to pro wrestling is not that far off. People are looking for any possible spoiler on anything that's going on. Wolverine's in this thing. Who else is going to show up in this thing? And it does get absurd. So I, I get his frustration, but you know, I think Ryan is, is one of these guys who's he's taking it in stride and he's having a little bit of fun with it. So, but yeah, if you really want to keep it quiet, then in this day and age, we've all seen how difficult if not damn near impossible. That is Tony. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is, I, I, he's America's sweetheart. Is he not? I mean, 100%. Like, people love everything he does. Um, Which is not bad for a Canadian, I tell you. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, as far as American uh, movies oh, yeah. and, and actors, he is. Like, people love him. People adore him. He's in everything. He's got his own wireless, right? He, I mean, it, he is Van fucking Wilder, almost. And it's crazy in that way. Um you look at the FX thing where he took over the uh, the the soccer club and and put that on television everywhere. Everything he touches is gold, and it was no different when he came out here and played it with a little sarcasm and, and got back at some people and had a little fun. You know, not only did he do that, but he just did more advertising himself for the movie. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. He's marketing the shit out of it uh, by doing this, and the way he's approaching it is very much in his sort of humorous take sort of way to say hey stop doing this and yet at the same time he you know here's this way i'm going to make jokes about it to to kind of to kind of take it away so should okay so should this game continue like like what are your guys's feelings on this game that gets played between the entertainment press slash social media and, and and the the creators the content creators that are trying to keep stuff quiet i don't think we care anymore really as far as doing this show because one, we already expect certain things to happen. Um, two, we kind of try to find out as much as we can anyway. And 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 three, we're going to watch regardless. So what's the difference? You know, we can just not pay attention to it if we want to. But I, I enjoy all the gossip. I mean, we do come from the wrestling world. So, you know, let's try and get in there and solve some mysteries ourselves. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, Tony, I, I enjoy the gossip. I enjoy the the speculation and the possibilities, you know, as to what might, what might be happening. Not that, not that I'm necessarily going to go and believe it and say, Oh yeah, I, I, I know for sure that, uh, you know, Superman's going to show up in Deadpool three or something absurd like that. But you know, it, it is fun to kind of speculate and to see what they're doing. But I think Tony hit it on the head. We're going to go see it regardless. We're going to go check this thing out no matter what to see whether some of these rumors come true, whether some of the speculation is real or just imagined and and that sort of thing. So I'm, yeah, I mean, if you want to find out something bad enough in this day and age, you can do that. And I'm not, I don't think any of us are like that. It's like, we listen, but, you know, as far as like taking it the next step, I need to confirm that this is going on. No, 
I'll, maybe I'll go to like one site removed to see what I can find out and then say, that's enough. I don't care enough. I'm going to go back and just wait for it. Okay, fair enough. All right. This last topic, yeah, it's totally a vanity topic on my part, but I feel like we got to talk about this movie a little bit more. And that is Godzilla minus one. And it's really because it has suddenly become another film unexpectedly successful in what I would say has been a very interesting year for surprise hits at the movie theater. As of the recording of this, we haven't gotten the box office total yet. Godzilla Minus One has already become the highest grossing live action Japanese film in the United States. It is a finalist for Oscar nomination for Best Visual Effects. The director has gone on record, uh, Takashi Yamazaki, has gone on record of saying he would love and has in mind an idea for a Star Wars movie. and. You know, Dave, I know you saw it at, after I like begged people to see it. It did so well after its first weekend. It got a second week in American movie theaters based on the preemptive thank you. I, I am assuming that that means that it did decent again today, this week. Um, thoughts on the movies? And what do you think about this being such a surprise hit in the United States? I... um I tell you, I think it's the best Godzilla movie ever by far. I don't think it's close. And I've seen enough of them to kind of be able to say that, you know, when you look at everything that went on with that movie, and I think I I messaged you afterwards, and I I think I messaged the guys, and I said, you know, with everything that when when we covered the Godzilla-verse, the monster-verse, like back when we were doing the nerd review, and we covered all those movies, and, and with the exception of Kong Skull Island, we had said that the biggest problem with these kaiju based movies was shifting the focus to the humans and taking them away from the monsters what makes godzilla minus one so tremendous is that the human story is as equally as important as what's going on with godzilla but it doesn't detract away from what's really going on the horror of the destruction how do we solve this problem this monster is 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 going to just absolutely annihilate the entire country if we don't do something different. How do we solve that? And in the background, you've got the story of the main character, and I don't remember his name. Everything he's going through that stems from his decision to not end his life in a kamikaze mission and his wrestling that the whole movie revolves around that and Godzilla's like a running parallel to that. So it is... I have yet to see another kaiju based movie that pulled that off like this one did. And it's, it's well, and I want to be, I just want to be clear, like kaiju film, notwithstanding highest grossing Japanese live action film. And in fact, Japan, I'm looking at the weekend box office results right now. Japan won the box office by taking, uh, so uh, Miyazaki's newest animated film, the Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron, that won the box office this weekend. It took in $12.8 million. Um, oddly enough, the uh, the Hunger Games prequel, uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, it actually stayed in second place. It didn't move. It, it dropped a little bit down to 9.4. Godzilla, still, Godzilla finished third again. It took in $11 million last week. took in over $8 million this week. So... It held strong, and its word of mouth was strong, and it took its domestic, it took its uh, United States Hall uh, over this 
seven, 16 day period to 25.3 million. Uh, but it does go to a larger point, and I'm glad Tony. I know he stepped away for a second because you know we're going to talk about the movie a little bit. But the larger point here, that and is something that I wanted us to talk about, is we kind of as we're heading into the end of the year, and we're going to be talking about whatever we're going to call the streamies or the the O'Downs or the the who knows Isaacs. Who, there's all kinds of different ideas the ton, out there. The Tunnies. There you go. No, no, we're not going to oh, call it the Tunnies. It's, um, it's the- it's the bandwagon nerds used to call it the streamies. Now we don't know what to call it awards. That mouthful. Anyway, whatever we end up calling it. This year, if you look at the box office and films that hit big, this was really a year of surprise hits. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Godzilla, Boy in the Hair. Uh, hell, Taylor, I, I knew Taylor Swift would do fine, but the era's concert raking in what is it 130 like it's just some obscene amount of money the mario brothers movie all of these films that people have sort of either discounted or dismissed or dizzy audiences elemental. really turned out for this stuff what elemental uh, well and elemental was unique because elemental was the longevity the little like it the just little engine kept, they could. it was yeah. the little engine they could all these movies were this i this really tells you something about what audiences are looking for out of film well, and and I think that there is an argument that something different and new and unique is part of it. The funny thing is, we had stuff this year like um, Black Adam and The Flash to absolutely bomb, and then we had things say. like, and then we had things the Marvel's like Marvel's bombed. We're, we're, like regardless that, of how you want to say it, that, Marvel's but bombed. Then had, but then we had things like Spider Man No Way Home. I think that was early this year, right? Was that early this year? Or was that late last? Year? You mean 20- across? You mean across the Spider Verse? You're, you're not talking. Are you talking about the live action one or the animated one? No, they animated. Sorry, I yeah. said the wrong thing. Yeah, across the Spider-Verse. That and Guardians both killed it as far as um, you know, comic book movies go. So it's it's not it's not comic book movie fatigue. It's not superhero fatigue. It's the fact that when you tell a story too fast, sometimes not everybody's gonna fall a, a smaller percentage of people are gonna fall in love with it, and that makes the silent majority louder. Like, look at the movies that, like, like Pat saying, the movies that kind of, um, you know, the movies that succeeded that you didn't expect, you know, Godzilla's run, Barbie's run, that sort of thing. Um, and then you think about the movies that flopped and, you know, like the flash flopping so badly, Shazam, Fury of the Gods flopping so badly, Marvel's, you know, I, I agree with you, Tony. It's not so much superhero fatigue. There's ex- extenuating circumstances with all of those things that kind of had some issues. Black Adam, I don't know, but you know, the Flash had Ezra Miller. Shazam had the controversy going well, on. And and just even walking away, I want to walk away from just the superhero genre as well. And here's why. Martin Scorsese put out a movie this year, Killers of the Flower Moon, that was very highly regarded. And, I mean, it did fine. You know what I mean? Like, it did fine, but it didn't destroy the box office by any stretch of the imagination. Um so I just I want to I, I really want to point out I do think that on some level and some degree it's not just that you know a, a fatigue thing I think it's a film thing I think it's what audiences want to see and I do think there is an argument that some of it is just something being new or fresh and I could already hear somebody being like well Godzilla minus one only made twenty five point whatever million dollars Toho had no confidence that this movie was going to do well as well as it did domestically so much so that they only had it running in American theaters for a week. And then they extended it because it did so well. 
and because the outpouring and excitement behind it has been so strong. Like you just don't, you just don't see that Barbie, same thing. Nobody, I don't care who you are, you know, and Ray cash can come on this podcast and he will and be like, I told you guys it would be on for like seven months. No, he didn't. He said it would be well. And we agreed with him. Nobody saw Barbie making the money it made. Nobody. Nobody saw people dressing up in pink week after week, making the money that it made. Nobody saw the Mario Brothers movie doing what it did. And those were known properties and commodities that were unique because they haven't been in movie theaters. You know, Godzilla, a known property, not really in American cinema all that long or often. Hell, even the fucking third Trolls movie is doing well still. Elemental doing well, did well. It's it's an exciting time for film, and I do wonder if it will create a more exciting 2024 for us in sort of opening up some variety in, in the films that are that are made available to our to to audiences to see. Whether that's a superhero flick, whether that's a drama or an action film. And think about what was the budget for Godzilla minus one? Fifteen million. So they've made that's that's what's being reported. They've yes. made a shit ton of money just in the United States alone. That doesn't even include they've made Their a crap ton of money in Japan on this thing. So it's an unmitigated success. Perhaps not the shocking surprise that Barbie was as far as, you know, Barbie money became a term just off that alone. But yeah, I think uh, and I mean, I know we I talked about that. I was concerned that they would pull the movie out of the theaters before a lot of other people got a chance to see it, but it's done so well that it's probably going to stick around for a week, maybe even longer. Maybe they say, Hey, let's let, because I know a lot of people who kind of like shied away from it because like, Oh, it's subtitled. I don't know if I can really watch it that way. But when you watch it, you don't notice that really going on. So it's just, I I think, you know, and, and with all due respect to, uh, the Monarch series, which I know has been, everybody I talk to says it's really, really good. Um, this is the quintessential sure. Godzilla movie, and and it will be for a very long time. And hopefully, we get a sequel out of it. it seemed like that there was a possibility of that at the end. And um, yeah, it's a it's it is a tour de force for sure. Go see Godzilla minus one. Go see something weird and off the wall. He's talking to you, Tony. Go see it. No, I'm talking to anybody. I know Tony has said it's not his thing. It's not his jam. And if it's not your jam, don't go watch something that's not your jam. Like if you don't want to see it, don't see it. Like, no shame there. Um, but also just don't be afraid to push your boundaries a little bit when it comes to going to see films. All right, gentlemen, coming up on a clip, a quick, brisk, one hour and a half show. I like it. Before we can get out of here, tell everybody what you're watching. Dave, what you watching? Um, still going through... Uh, getting into season three of Skinwalker Ranch, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which is interesting because this is the season after the United States acknowledged that UAPs were real. So there's some different dynamics going on right off the bat in season three, where it's got a little of an air of, uh, okay, this isn't so much fantastical anymore. Let's see what's going on. And I'm uh, nearing the end of season two of Wheel of Time, which... I don't know if you got to the end of it, Pat. I think I, I'm enjoying it. I haven't it. even started it. Really? I, it's a good season. It's really, it's it's different and I'm really enjoying it. And they really are kind of expanding the world a bit more. So that's kind of all I've been doing lately. And wrestling, of course, trying to get caught up with everything going on in the world. PC Tony. I'm not going to tell you what I have been watching. I'm going to tell you what I'm about to watch. Two different uh, reality shows with a, with a special twist. 
for the holidays, Big Brother Reindeer Games is bringing back nine former contestants across six episodes to have a fun little holiday version of Big Brother. And in addition, Gordon Ramsay is bringing back MasterChef Junior for four episodes starting last night and tonight as you listen. Uh, so if you enjoy, I think everybody really enjoys MasterChef Junior, uh, even if you don't enjoy uh, Chef Ramsay, because those kids are just so fun to watch. So just a couple reality shows uh, with a holiday twist uh, and a little mini season from uh, MasterChef and Big Brother. Very nice. So I mentioned it when we were talking about Godzilla. Boy and the Heron took number one at the box office. I was amongst the people to put money towards that. The little O'Dowd last week when we were watching Godzilla Minus One saw a trailer for this in front of the movie and without any prompting to me, looked at me and said, I want to see that. So we we went through with that and I was glad that I took him. He enjoyed the movie. He uh, he admitted it was a little surreal, which is what Miyazaki's known for uh, with his Studio Ghibli films. But he also enjoyed the movie very, very much. And guys, I got to tell you, at the very least, Hearing the voice of Dave Bautista do a parakeet as he is a talking parakeet in in the film is is something to kind of behold and wrap your brain around in the midst of that. As as we chose the English dubbed version so that we could hear, there was a lot of there were there were a ton of celebrities in this uh, this film that did voiceover work that had done voiceover work for Miyazaki films before in the past and present. Uh, Dave Bautista was one I immediately noticed. Christian Bale does voice work uh for that uh for the movie as well and i want to say might have been scarlett johansson was somewhere in there there there's there's a ton of uh famous american actors uh and british actors who did voice work for boy in the heron uh and i think it's totally worth checking out and then the other thing that came out of us watching godzilla minus one and him enjoying it so so much was that we then went back in time and we checked out Shin Godzilla, the 2016 Toho Godzilla film that um, that was the first ever Japanese Godzilla film to not use practical Godzilla effects. That's the first CGI generated Godzilla. And we watched that this morning, enjoyed it thoroughly. And so can't can't recommend all three of those films enough, especially if it's your bag. Um, but Boy and the Heron, that's what we checked out. This Oh, Robert Pattinson, by the way, voice of the Heron, and you wouldn't know it's him at all. Doesn't sound like it. it's a weird, high-pitched, scratchy voice. Doesn't sound anything like the guy. It's good stuff. So that's that's what I was that's what I've been watching. Check it out. Uh folks, next week, just to give you an idea, here's the calendar of what's coming up for bandwagon nerds over the next few weeks so next week we will be covering the rest of doom patrol and having our typical bandwagon nerds goodness we'll have trailers we'll have news around the nerdosphere we'll talk about what we're watching but the week after that we are airing on christmas day and so it's time to bring a project back fellas few years ago we did the holiday project and we covered holiday specials on TV, mostly episodes or episodes of television shows or like television specials that would air during the holiday season. This year, Holiday Project Part 2 will be the Holiday Film Project. That's right. Holiday movies 
as defined by the bandwagoners, we will each give our list of 10, our definitive list of holiday films from each of us. We all know that A Christmas Story will be number one for Dave, so just, you know, we'll get that out of the way now. Yeah, didn't we discuss, I don't know, we discussed, it was like something ingrained with one of the other projects, because I know Christmas Story was number one on something I did at some point. Yeah, I thought we did movies. We, actually, it was incorpor- did we do movies? And I forget. It was incorporated, and in, I don't know if it was specifically holiday project, but it might have got thrown in with like one of the. We're gonna well, have to discuss this off air because yeah. I'm not sure what we did actually, and I remember different things being on there. Um, I mean, I went back through the archives and found it said specifically holiday specials. So yeah, but I think we did a whole run of stuff. Maybe we didn't. If it did, then it All didn't right. take on what that. I went through with the arcade. Here's the thing right. is, we're going to do some sort of holiday project. Apparently, we're just going to do whatever Tony and Dave want to do because I'm wrong. No, that's not um, true. no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's not my show. It's your show, guys. It's not my show. It's it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's show. our show. It's a listener show. Well, you know what? Let's ask the 28th listener that Dave helped what they want. <laughs> I don't remember that's what funny. we did specifically. I tried to find if we did unless we did it as something else maybe we did a holiday project i don't know uh we could do tunes i already you know there's a five by five coming out this week that's going to be five best and worst holiday tunes according to patrick o'dowd a day um uh not david on damn it asop mitchell um we did that two weeks we, we were gonna do it last week it was supposed to air last week uh and then things didn't work out so now it's gonna air this week that's why we're not doing hockey talk this week. That's going to be a good um, episode. I'm looking forward to one. It should be a good episode, though. Aesop hates Christmas, so that was really interesting to interesting to do. Sure, and it's funny because I talked songs. to this. I talked to this. I talked this five by five up on last week's episode, and now I'm going to talk it up on this week's episode because I enjoyed doing it. We'll figure out what we're going to do for the holiday project, but we will do something for the holiday project. I could have sworn, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, or maybe maybe I'm whatever. We'll figure it out. Somebody will find it. Somebody will correct me. And then we'll just do whatever the rest of the bandwagon wants to do anyway. Because, you know, I really have no power here, listener. I don't. I want to do what you want to do. I'm just wondering if we did it already. Well, I mean, look, sometimes lists like need to be updated. We did it, it in look, some form, but it may not have been specifically holiday related. That's no, I don't think. I think Patrick's right. Let's end this show on that. Patrick's oh, right. look, now, okay, now, we're, trying, now we're trying to butter him up. Trying to butter up the host. After that, we will be, because here's the thing is, we air an episode on Christmas Day. We also air an episode on New Year's Day. And what better way to kick off the new year than two weeks of awards? Because that's what we did last year. Two weeks of year-end awards. God knows what we'll call it by then. Can't call it what we called it before because it is an awards show that already exists and while 28 listeners are out there, we don't want to get sued, as our good friend groundskeeper Willie once told us. So let's not get sued. Treehouse of Horror fans, anyone? No. Okay. We gotta come up. Gotta come it. up with a name. I, I just don't know. We'll come up with a name. Let's. This has been an awkward end of the show. I was trying to hype everybody up. You guys shit all over the hype up of the <laughs> holiday thing. Now you're shitting so, all over the award show thing. A good, a good host does is blame it on the other people uh, on the show. That's how, of, that's how, that's how I get the big bucks. Again, I'm, I'm also going to saunter away from my computer nice and slowly like a true villain. chair shot villain would. Uh, but in order to do that, I got to wrap this show up. So before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you out there on the 
Chairshot Radio Network and on the interwebs, David Ungar. You can find me on the platform formerly known as Twitter that's now known as X at Attitude Ag that is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression, Instagram and threads at Attitude of Aggression, all one word. I'm not even going to bury DPP because it's the holidays, Tony. So I, I, just, yeah. I don't have the heart for it anymore. I do. Fuck him. PC Tony? Oh, yeah, you can follow me at PC Tony. Chairshot Radio Network, all of your favorite streaming platforms. Tell a friend. Absolutely. And you can follow me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Follow me on Threads and Instagram at that same handle. Be sure to also follow at Bandwagon Nerds, where we will probably have a poll up coming soon, helping you help us name our awards show. So suggestion box is totally open, everybody. But next week, we're wrapping up Doom Patrol. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to be a part of it. Make sure you stick around for that. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Make sure you get yourself out of the basement. Get get yourself some sun. And check out a movie that nobody else is seeing. Be you. Do your most unique movie-going experience that you can. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. gathered you all and hope that together we can find some way to stop this disaster and save your worlds. Excuse me, but I have many questions. It would be strange indeed if you did not. I think that's the Phantom Stranger. Few people ever see him. No. He's from my world. They call him the Question. Because he never shuts up. Why should we believe any of this? You kidnap us, show us a movie, and tell us we need to obey you in order to save the world. All of this is profoundly... suspect. He makes a good point. When told to give up our freedoms because we face an insurmountable threat, is there not also a threat in relinquishing our freedoms? And why Earth? The universe is massive beyond comprehension. But most of us are from Earth. The reason is simple. The Earth is the first world destroyed in every universe. Once it falls, all else follows. Such an antimatter wave is theoretically possible, but... He's given us no proof at all. 
What's to stop us from taking over this spaceship and figuring out how to get ourselves home? It's true. It's all true. Wonder Woman, hit me. For those of you who don't know, the lasso of truth compels complete honesty. Look, I was on one of the Earths that was swallowed by this wave. It happened. The threat is real. Uh oh That does not look good. 